We have a green light from the booth. It's time to kick off Untitled Film Project podcast, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Billy Batson and his fellow foster kids are still trying to juggle teenage years and being superheroes, but a trio of ancient gods return for revenge, and they want their magic power back that was stolen, and the friends find themselves fighting for the world's survival. Okay, look, I might not have as much experience as you because I'm not, like, super old like you, but I think I have a few experiences that you don't have because I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies, lady. It's all about family! Let's get initial takes on this sequel to Shazam, starting with Justin Bradford. So it was all right. I mean, <laughs> I like the first one better. <laughs> this film, it's it's curious, and I know we're going to continue to discuss it, but with the DCEU, there just aren't stakes anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not like what we have, at least with the MCU, to where we know they're still continuing to build. Now these are just kind of dead horses that are just kind of fleeing around, and they have to release it because they have to release it. And for me, I guess I liked it better than I thought I was going to like it mm-hmm. overall, but I still wasn't overly impressed because it just didn't feel like there were real stakes. Even though, yes, the world is in danger from these gods, but I didn't feel like there were true stakes at hand, and it jumps right in, which I'm okay with it jumping right in at the beginning, but it seemed so busy. Mm-hmm. I get it. You have kids, and you have adults playing those kids when they're Shazam, yep. and then you have the three gods, and then you have the parents, and then you have side characters, and then you have the wizard, and, and all. It's a huge, huge cast, and I'm not yep. saying it's difficult to keep up with. It just gets really busy to give everyone the screen time they deserve to develop characters, and there's not much development, and that's why I say that it didn't feel like there's stakes because it is really difficult to feel connections to many of these characters because they have to jump right in. That's why it's like, it's okay. It's it's a fine movie to go. I'm not going to hate on it too much. It's just, it's there for me more than anything else. I was just a little disappointed in terms of some of the comedy seemed forced. It seemed more Marvel to me in some of the comedy, which is forced right now. A lot, a lot of Marvel films, they feel like they have to have comedy sure. in it, and they didn't have to. I know the way they set this up with Zachary Levi is there's comedy in the action, but felt like it was pushed a little too much. And that's why the stakes weren't as high is because it was trying to force too much humor. Uh, there were some moments that I really did laugh out loud, the, the unicorns yeah, <laughs> and everything with the little sister on on the unicorns and, and the cutoff before the big curse word and some moments that made me laugh and appreciate. But for me, it's just mid. It was it was there. There's nothing that stands out to me about it. I, I feel like they could have done a better job. I feel like they definitely could have done a worse job. And we'll get into the drama later that kind of hindered part of the film connecting even further uh, when we get there. Jim, what did you think? I picture this movie in this context. A family decides to go on vacation. They're going to go to a beach, and it's raining that day. Cats and dogs. Nobody's going to the beach. What are we going to do? Let's just stay in the room and watch a movie we can all agree on. They can all agree on this movie. They all kind of enjoy it. It's kind of nice, and they never bring it up again. I I actually wanted to dislike it a little more, and I liked the first Shazam, but it wasn't enough that it was uh, a good movie, and it wasn't bad in that like I can't really say it was horrible in any ways. It was just kind of something to fill space, especially on a rainy day. Jeremy uh, Gover, what'd you think? There's not a whole lot more I can add to that. 
You know when you rent a storage unit or you have an attic maybe, five or six years later you're going through said attic, storage unit, whatever, closet, and you find something that you forgot that you had but it wasn't really necessary that you kept? Dignity. <laughs> maybe for you. Sorry. Or s- <laughs> some other word that ends in Y. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. <laughs> that is what this movie was to me. Yeah. It was very much a, it just took up space. It's just another film on the roster at your local theater. And if you're looking for something to do, you could be worse places. <laughs> so Chevy Chase is going to find it in his attic when he gets stuck up there. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. But but it's not going to be the film the reel from Christmas. It's going to be that <laughs> gift that he's like, oh, I forgot I got this. Anyway, what else is up here? That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Sees the thing, just throws it to the side. That's what yeah. Shazam 2 yeah. is. <laughs> All right, let's uh, dig a little deeper into the specifics of uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Justin, Like, what were some of the things that you found kind of pleasant in this movie? The child actors. I liked, I liked the... the direction it was going with the children more than anything else because the adult versions we didn't get to see the adult versions of the rest of the cast until the very end of the first film right so they're all of a sudden just getting tossed into this and we're supposed to connect with them we were connecting with the children in the first version of this and shazam one and so i felt like i wanted a little bit more of that i did like when they're in the lair and some things going back and forth you're I appreciate these adults having to act like teenagers because that is a challenge. Yeah. That is definitely a challenge. And I think they definitely do a good job. I mean, Zachary Levi pulls that off very well. I, I, now I'm, I'm getting some shakes and heads and sighs, (laughs) but I think he does a pretty decent job playing the big character. Almost too well because it's not adorkable anymore. He's supposed to give me a little bit older now and a little bit wiser, which that was one of the themes is wisdom, and sure. he definitely doesn't have it. So he's had these powers for a little while. I mean, he's about to be 18. So this is Shazam Fury of the Gods supposed to take place, what, a year later? So you think in that one year, there would be some growth in more, more him than even the kids, because the other kids, they are still new to it, and they're off trying to do their own thing, and they're trying to do the whole family thing. I feel like Zachary Levi almost overdoes it in the teenage humor department. Sure, it's a it's, it's a bit cartoonish. Yeah, but I, I think it kind of calls for that. But one thing I want I want to get your reaction to when I was watching this movie, you've got the kid version of these people and the superhero version. I noticed the superhero versions were outlandish and kind of stupid, and then the younger versions of them as teenagers actually had a little melodrama and like were a little more level-headed thinking and i'm going why is that i felt like what they how they wrote superhero darla was way too kid-like because young darla is pretty witty and smart on her own though she's childlike the the way that adults have to pull that off is is too much i'd say even though i give them credit for trying to do that because it is difficult to do i still find it interesting how they're having to try to pull that off and that's where I thought, felt it got too busy, is you yep. have so many different things going on because we didn't see that in the first one because there was only one kid that would elevate to adult instead of this six, five, six, uh, uh, too many. It, it was like the original Twitter. It had 144 characters, and it was impossible to follow for me. <laughs> 
Gover, I, we're, we're mentioning all these children actors, and he's been silent. Let's get I'm, into Mr. I Hate Child Actors, Jeremy Gover. What did you think of the kids in Shazam, Fury of the Gods? Okay, so the kids, meaning the younger versions of themselves. Yes. That's not the I'm, actual actors, right? Not the No, not the superhero. <laughs> right. Right. Just the... the yeah. At the, the teen Straightforward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loved Darla. Faith Herman is Darla. I think she's fantastic. And then everybody else is kind of like, whatever. It's just kind of, you know, there's nothing bad about them, but there's nothing good either. I think the fact that there were so many of them, none of them got yeah. the chance to establish anything. Except for, of course, the two main right. brothers, if you will, right. air quotes for radio, because they actually have part of the story arc. Right. How about Mary, though, in this film, playing the actress Grace Caroline Curry, playing both versions this time? But so that makes sense because of her age, though. But I, I yeah. get that. She's college I age. get that. But it's the Superman thing because how are people not recognizing her? <laughs> right. Right. No, they no, just, no that's It's just very, extra makeup. That's right. very There's fair. nothing different. It's not even glasses or anything because at least in the first one, it was a different actress playing the superhero version of her because, yeah, there was, what, two, three years between yeah. these films. So, yeah, she did grow up a little bit. But that's why I was like, what? that is the same actress, right? Right. It, do How do they that. not recognize her? <laughs> like her own family doesn't recognize her? Yeah, that it's that's it stretches the credibility. Yeah. So I mean, that. more than anything, it's like a hair color change, something to, to change the effects. <laughs> but it's the same actress. Some, yeah. Got milk? I don't know. Something. Something there would have been nice to differentiate because there definitely was a differentiation in the first version. I didn't have a problem with Again, the actors, but I think Jimmy's right. I think it's because they get lost in the shuffle. They do. There yeah. was nothing good or bad about them, except for, again, I really, really liked the Darla character. Right. I liked her in the first movie. She yeah. was the best part of the first movie for me. So She's the heart, I think. She's yes, maybe that's, maybe that's why. But, sure. But, when, you, when you have immature boys, you, you, you need almost like a grounding character yes, like her. If, but she's like borderline naive. With, mm-hmm. but with, in a, with innocence that has heart. Yes, to it. that's where that's where I was going with that. Yeah, so I really liked that a lot. I, again, I liked her character a lot. That's about it. There's not a whole lot of notable, constructive criticism or praise I can give anybody in this film. Even her, it's a reach because of the way the film strikes me. Okay, let's talk about some of the running gags. Trying to figure out his superhero name. Did that take forever? Like, uh, do we have a whole movie's worth of okay. jokes there? I'll, okay, so I'll I'll just jump in now and Tackle say it. and say one of my issues here. That was an intentional running gag to where okay, we're going to stretch this out. In the first movie, we we're kind of wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. The second movie, we we're going to keep it going, and we're not going to know until the was the mid credit scene, right? What yeah. his actual name is, which of course we all know what his name is. <laughs> right. So. That was an intentional thing where they're going to keep bringing it up and making it a running gag. It's just yet another example of one of my notes here, which is amateur hour comedy, and I saw every joke coming a mile away, and those jokes weren't funny. This joke that is going to, okay, we're going to keep this thing going, and on the surface, maybe even when you're writing it, it's, it's a funny idea. The idea is funny. The spirit of the idea is funny, but it wasn't delivered well at all. Execution. It was not horrible, but it was just not funny to me what it was supposed to be. And that is one of my pet peeves in 
scripted art, whether it be a TV show or a stand-up comedy special or a movie or whatever it may be, if you are trying to be funny and it doesn't land, it looks 15 times worse than if you just weren't trying to be funny and it didn't land. <laughs> and that's what we saw all throughout this movie. It's a high-wire so, act. Something I felt did land, at least, was the bit with Wonder Woman. Because when Billy is dreaming, yeah, and we see the back, and we're like, are we going to see Gaul? We're going to see Gaul here? And then all of a sudden, bam, it's the wizard. Right. I thought that was hilarious, because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, what, did they just replace her? What, what are we doing here? Are they not going to turn around and show? Because we didn't realize it was a dream at that point yet. Sure. And everything. I like that. That made me laugh, because it's weird to see <laughs> wizard's face <laughs> on Gal Gadot's body like that. I thought that gag was funny, and I did appreciate... The nice cameo from Wonder Woman at the end of the film. Which I was a little disappointed they put in the trailer because Thank you. they were afraid nobody would go see it. But Thank I didn't, you. I didn't see that trailer. They still it didn't get it. anybody to go see it. I did not see that trailer. When, it would have been a fantastic reveal. I'm very shocked I never that's saw that why, trailer. That's why that moment with the wizard wasn't funny to me. Because, yeah, okay, it, obviously it's a, you, you think you're going to see her and you're not seeing her. Like That right. part can be funny. But because, like, I had no inclination before that second trailer dropped that any other character, there's going to be any cameos in this. And so, therefore, when I saw it, I was like, are you kidding me? Man, how did I miss that trailer? I don't, yeah. be thankful you got the moment that none of us got. It was, but, it was in the 30-second ads yeah. that either ran on, you know, YouTube or yeah, television. Yeah, it had already been released or before? No, 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 the week before. Interesting. Leading up. The last just, just like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, how they ruined... Some of those cameos yeah. with the trailer. Yeah. So, like, if you know they're coming, then there's no shock in the reveal. There's no discovery. We talked about on Ant-Man Quantumania episode, which if you're watching on YouTube, check your upper right-hand corner. I'll link it right there. The Bill Murray one should have been a, a surprise. Yeah. Should have been a cameo, if, too. No, and it was, More kind so. of. But I'm saying, like, if, if they put it in the trailer. If they don't put that in the trailer, that is a borderline standing ovation moment. That oh, Bill but, Murray ascends oh! from the ship. Oh That's unbelievable, yeah. and we all got that taken away from us because some board exec mm-hmm. was like, Bill Murray sells tickets, put them in the trailer, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it got ruined. One of the uh, gags that I, and this is typical of, of some of the funny stuff that I thought was in the movie, uh, I'll, I'll take up the, uh, the case of the comedic pen that writes, you know? Oh, Steve. Uh, Steve. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they named the pen Steve. It, it writes by itself. It was kind of a Harry Potter type. You should have named him Harry, actually, because yeah, it was very Harry Potter. It was. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, a, an easy joke of the pen writing things that they didn't intend to, you know, it just writes everything being said in the room. Yeah. So then, you know, a message gets delivered to the daughters of atlas and it's supposed to be very serious and you just hear all his dictation notes coming out and she's reading it which i thought was kind of funny but then it kept coming back yes. and coming back and it the diminishing returns just do it once yeah do it once make me laugh real hard and then go find another way so my son is 10 years old i tell him that all the time I'm like dude it's funny one time that's a typical kid. That's a that's a well, child thing. That's what I'm saying. Should a These writers were like, "Oh, be better than a child." Right. Thank you. My right. The writers <laughs> right. of this movie are like, "Hey, let's keep putting this in. Uh, that's funny." No, it's funny one time. And even <laughs> then, I would say, not even to the writers, but if you're thinking in terms of the character, character is an older teenager. They're no one. They drop stuff too. It's that age range of like between what eight and twelve <laughs> that I think you just keep on <laughs> pressing with the humor. Eight, seventeen, eighteen. It's like if it's not funny with their friends, they're dropping it. 
they're not going to keep pushing it. Right. Um, right. They're just awkward, like some of us were probably in high school. Anyways, uh, uh, I raise hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what I want to throw out now in terms of question, looking at this cast, there's some pretty heavy hitters in terms of what you would ex- ex- expectation wise in terms of what they've done in their career. Okay. Like, I've, like I a Helen Mirren. I hurt for Helen Mirren. She deserves better. Right, like a Helen Mirren. <laughs> Lucy Liu's done so much as well, too. She also deserves better. It deserves better. Yeah. What did we think of those two, and especially Helen Mirren, because obviously she's done some of the fast films, an actress of her caliber, and even Lucy Liu's done action movies and some bad movies at that as well, so sure. I don't feel as bad necessarily. It's just a choice, and she was a villain, so I like that that... that she was a villain in this and not just a good guy. One-dimensional villain. One-dimensional yes. villain for sure. But Helen Mirren, more than anything else, what did we think? I think Helen Mirren tried to give the best she could with what she had. But this was ultimately just, you know, I'm going to pay for my nephew's college education with whatever I make out of this movie. That perfectly said. It's I'm Sorry, Helen. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay, sorry. And then the third god in here, Rachel Zegler, which, who's basically in her second major production in her career first one was west side story and then you have shazam fury of the gods so two big productions even if they didn't necessarily bring a lot of money in right <laughs> which shazam is is across the hundred million mark so it's bringing in money but it's obviously not blockbuster like yeah. one would hope same thing with west side story didn't necessarily do what everyone thought they wanted to do given the the namesake of it i forgot see okay there that's a perfect <laughs> thing about this movie, right? When you were like, oh, the children actor, no, I wouldn't call her a child, she's 21. The actress right. is 21. But, like, the children, I just forgot. She gets lost in the fold of everything. I forgot that she was even in this. But the second you said her name, I was like, holy crap, she was the best thing about this movie. She was a protagonist. She was sure. excellent. Yeah. But um, not in the character. The character was very like, okay. But her performance on both sides of the fence, she gave more than what the film was worth. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, that's the quote right there. <laughs> it's kind of like Halle Berry with Catwoman. Horrible film, but Halle oh. Berry goes in there and you're like, she's giving it her all. Good yeah. for her. I'm so sorry. But you are clearly giving it your everything. Yeah. Just what you have to work with is horrendous. I'm not calling this horrendous, but that's what Ziggler is to me in this movie. She was the best part of this film and she deserved better. And she did her absolute best. Well, it's going to open up more roles for her. Continue I to agreed. open up more yeah. roles for her. Which she is has, weird she has to say about this up. movie, by the way. Meaning oh, she has more coming. She's Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. She's being well, she's that. She's not getting that because of Shazam 2. No, no, no. But I'm just saying right. that's what she already has coming up. Yes. But yeah. this, on top of that, you think in terms of the roles she's taking, they're big production movies. They are. All it's, of them I are. I thought she was really good in uh, West Side Story. In this movie, I don't think it's her fault, but I think her sympathetic god was a little disney channel written for me and like yeah she put enough into it that she could but there wasn't much there to work out it was kind of a well i'm not a god but i really like like you guys but because you're not gods but we're kind of the same and you stood up to the bullies for me yeah whoop-de-doo yeah okay those bullies Overdone, right? Sure. No, they're like, all, dude, they're completely, all cookie cutter, completely stereotypical right? high school, like, but that's all they are. There's like no bending, thought or creative. I'm talking over you because I'm that passionate about it. This is GPT created bullies. Ridiculous. <laughs> like over Fre- bending the crutch of Freddy, trying to dump him in a trash can. Look, 
I've seen Gen Z. Gen Z won't stand for that. No. The generator's not going to just stand aside and let bullies do this. Which proves it was written by someone who is not Gen Z. 100%. (laughs) And they didn't consult Gen Z. 100%, because that is so stereotypical of movies to have two bullies like that that get away with so much. And in the first one, at least, they got their own by having the truck damaged. And then they come back and haven't learned anything. Like, if, yeah. if you wanted to see true change, then they would be backing off just a little bit more, more than anything else, where they seem a little more reformed. No, it was almost worse. So colossally stupid. It was dumb. <laughs> it was so dumb. And then that's the moment where a god is like, you know, this human, I kind of like him. <laughs> it's not good, you guys. <laughs> All right, it is time to lay out the numbers and score Shazam Fury of the Gods. <laughs> There's a lot of fury in this room. Uh, let's go to Jeremy Gover first. Let's get your score. When they wrote these movies, I'm talking about the first one too, okay? And this is, it's kind of a snarky question, but at the same time, it could be real, right? Did they write the main character with Paul Rudd in mind? <laughs> because that's who should be playing this role. The comedy, the, 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 the comedy and the, tone and the pace and the I'm trying desperately to have these casually funny comments that is Paul Rudd that's why we love Clueless and we love Ant-Man and we love was the Midsummer not Midsummer's Night's Dream but the other one he did that is kind of off the radar that that's he that's his delivery and he is a master at it of turning the casual funny thing that's not even really that funny and you smile at least when he says it when Zachary yeah. Levi does it, and this is nothing against him, but when Zachary Levi does it, it's like the writers or, or the director is saying, do it Paul Rudd-like. Give me the best Rudd you can <laughs> give me. Give me the Paul Rudd impression, because that's what the whole dialogue is, and it drives me crazy because it's not Paul Rudd. It doesn't work. I talked about amateur hour comedy all throughout this. I mean, it's just not good. It prevented me from feeling or identifying with any of the characters. The bully scene, for example, that we just talked about, when they bend his crutch and they try to dump him in a dumpster and blah, blah, mm-hmm. the stereotypical crap. It was so bad that I didn't care if he went in the dumpster or not. I was not in there, which I think is the, probably the hope of when they're writing that scene. It's like, oh, we're going to get the audience is going to rally behind this guy because he's, he's handicapped and how dare they treat him. No, I don't care. It, was, it's, it prevented me literally from caring about the issue at hand, which I hate. <laughs> there's a line and he says, oh, when she said that, uh, I told you, Ziegler, right? I said, she's the best part of this movie. This is why I said she she gave more than the movie deserves. She has a line that goes, I've never met anyone like him. She met him 48 f-ing hours ago. <laughs> That's ridiculous. How many humans do you know? I don't. Uh, <laughs> they put Freddy in the same cell as the wizard. That yeah. is some 80s B-level movie sh- We have all of this real estate, and we're going to dump him in the same cell as the guy who gave him the powers to begin with. Oh my god! All right. Anyway, there were three. Okay, so okay, fast forwarding. There's three. I laughed three times. I wrote them all down. Elementary design's better. Blah 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 blah. Ooh. And then the last thing is this Halloween, I'm going to get dressed up with artificial muscle, lightning bolt suit, and I'm going as a bad movie. 3.0. <laughs> That was exhausting hearing you. It was rolling like the boulder in Indiana Jones. Sorry. Well, you should see these notes. There was actually more that I left out. So, dear God. Yeah. It's like 
I love how he waits till the score to bring all this up instead of our discussion. In fairness, because it would trigger more discussion, and well, it's like, but I want to respond to that's things. That's true. In, fa- in fairness, I was only going to say about two or three of these. You would never this- say two or three. No, things. no, I'm trying to get better. No, don't get better. That's but your I got on a roll, and then all of, sudden, all of a sudden it just was like a snowball rolling downhill, and yeah. I just had to say him. So you heard us getting on a roll is dangerous. I did leave out a few, but it's it's not good over here. How could he leave out a few and have that many? Yeah, what didn't make? I wrote down my three laughs. <laughs> Wow. His knees cracking was one. See, I got them all written down You right want here. the other two, you're going to have to listen to the post credit yes. scene of this episode. Yeah, right. ask us for a Patreon. Yeah, Patreon supporters, <laughs> you get all three laughter lines. <laughs> wow. Bradford, go ahead. Okay, so the frustrating part is we have these credit scenes. Like, we have another one with Mr. Mind and Thaddeus, right? And I'm here thinking, what's the point? Why? Are they actually going to do anything with this? Are they actually going to develop this at all? Yeah, they're kicking the can down the road. That's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Just kick, yep. Well, just keep dragging it along, dragging it along. And they kind of even address that with, what took you so long? Blah, blah, blah. I have to crawl. I'm a caterpillar. Whatever. It's That's frustrating to me because we know what is happening with the DCEU and how it's completely getting revamped. So that's why even through this, there were not stakes for me. I didn't feel any connection to the characters. It was so busy. Like Govern said... Rachel Ziegler was probably one of the top parts for me more than anything else. The writing was so childish to the point that it was so immature that I couldn't find it funny because I want well-timed humor, not forced humor, not fart jokes or things like that. <laughs> now, there's there's things, there's times when that'll work. Like, think about it. The Hangover's humor yeah. works very well for the type of movie that it is. Yep. And that is stupid, crude humor. It's the, so context, it's the context of the project. Of this is a superhero movie where you need well-timed humor of jokes that fit within the context of it, and this movie did not have well-timed jokes. There were a few, and obviously Three, when, you, as a matter when of fact. you throw spaghetti at a wall, <laughs> you'll have a few noodles that'll stick or knees that'll crack. <laughs> That's what happened here. The, the, the unicorn thing with the Skittles. I thought that was great. I love that because it's Darla. Darla's one of my favorite characters in these two movies now. But then they use the line, taste the rainbow, twice. Yes. I'm thinking, paid. Yeah, I guess there, that there's was, a few of those that things. That was part of it. Like, they paid for some of the visual effects with uh, the Skittles. Uh, they definitely uh, did. You placement. could tell there was some product placement going on in this film as well, too. And it was curious <laughs> to me that the marketing for this took a turn to where I don't feel like they amped it up as much as they would have because they know the DCEU is faltering and going under complete revamp. So it's curious to me what has happened when we see the evolution of what's going on with DCEU. And there's future movies that we're going to discuss yeah. that are coming up and how they're going to address these things. Because every, a lot of things just fell so flat for me in this film because I didn't feel like, well, we're going to see him again because it's all connected. Because there should be a connection to Black Adam. We'll talk about that one. There wasn't. There should be completely be a connection. They're the same thing. <laughs> and we didn't have any of that discussed. Not once. It pretty much stayed with Philadelphia. Yeah, it's that's why the stakes weren't there because like while it's a world ending thing of the gods trying to bring their world to the earth, it was only Philly affected. There wasn't even a news broadcast of like the <laughs> people watched in LA or New York of this going on. The stakes were only in Philly, so it only affected this family and even then I didn't feel anything else. 4.5. I I'm I'm perplexed at this movie. I have a difficult time expressing how I feel about this movie because it was just okay. It was it was so non-offensive in so many ways. Interesting. That you could almost find offense with that. But <laughs> <laughs> Just go to Zachary Levi's Twitter. There you go. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, he didn't do himself a whole lot of favors for this movie. But uh, this movie just felt like it was too much. They threw everything at this movie because they felt they needed to because they just didn't have confidence. So it was just, okay, there's minotaurs, there's unicorns, there's kids, there's foster parents. And the comedy sometimes was okay, but then you wore me out with some stuff. You know, lesser productions have access now to better visual effects than they ever had before. And now it looked like they bought the effects from, you know, Game of Thrones with the dragon. They already had the dragon in the computer and they didn't buy the upgrade, you know, gold platinum, you know, version of the effects package that they were going to use on this film. It was the... uh Free for seven days. Right. Package. They used the free trial. Is this and OnlyFans or they something had a, else? They, a couple of fake email accounts <laughs> yeah. so they could extend the trial yes. another week. And, you know, so like that, to me, that felt, uh, you know, like it just like it wasn't special at all. And the third act of this film uh, devolved into what a lot of, I think, pretty forgettable superhero movies do, which is two superheroes floating in the sky, monologuing at each other, and then just punching each other back and forth. Oh, this time you hit I, my back hit the building. Oh, and then like magically somewhere along the line, one of those punches kills like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it. That same punch sent that person through four buildings and <laughs> left their silhouette in each one of them and they survived. Yeah, Man but, of Steel, how about that? Yeah, but this one, you know, like, oh, but that one really, ow, oh, oh, you got me. You know, I, I just don't get it. And I'm not really super dissatisfied with this movie. It's just, I just feel like I would watch it when it's raining and I'm on vacation. I'm going to give it a five. It was straight down average. the middle of the most non-offensive put something in there for everybody, kill some time, <laughs> and eh. That's all you need. <laughs> That's the grade. Can you put that in Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> Scores have been released, and now it's time to get to the big question. Jeremy Kinkle. Uh, how many times did you laugh during the show? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> What do we think about the direction of the DCEU? We don't because this is kind of the pre-James Gunn oversight, right? Am I right when I say yes. that? Yeah, he didn't go back and do anything with this, correct? Right. Okay, so this is kind of the last one because the Flash, even mm. though it's been shot, he can he went back and kind of retooled a few things I've heard. Okay, and so now again, I don't know that for sure. Aquaman and, and Blue Beetle does it yet to come out? Right. Yes, but. Problematic with Aquaman, sure, but <laughs> yeah. but listen, but but the post production part of thing, you can do wonders in post production. So if there's a certain direction, you can't change the whole story, right? We do reshoots like this late in the game, but you can do other things <laughs> to change it just enough, right? To maybe fit whatever you're trying to do. In other words, they're not uh, they're not dead man walking necessarily. They could be very well, but they don't have to be. I kind of felt like this uh, one, however. Shazam- <clears throat> was uh, Fury of the Gods was Dead Man Walking. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So how how do we Thanks feel about The Rock? How do, okay. So expand on that. Well, think so many reports have come out, like real reports of how- As opposed to fake like, ones? Well, not rumor mill stuff. Oh, okay. Real <laughs> okay. things right. confirming okay. how DC wanted Shazam to cameo at the end of Black Adam to tie it together, but instead The Rock wanted Superman, so they got Henry Cavill, which- ended up getting Henry Cavill fired. 
<laughs> yeah. All these like all these types of things to where he did not want Shazam and he would also not cameo in Shazam. They didn't want to tie it together, even though they're literally connected as characters. They go to the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have membership cards. They can boop into the door. Champions Anonymous, but yeah. they're not really anonymous. And the, would not would not cross over the way they needed to to truly connect. If anything, that shows major failure on the previous leadership of DC to let the Rock diva you like that, because Ooh. there's no way Kevin Feige would would even stand for that. Like <laughs> you do what we tell you to. It shows you the desperation. Correct. Of the it DC does. Year. It does. And that's sure. pro- that's a problem because they were letting an actor, even though it's his movie and his funding and his funding though, but it still needs to be in partnership because you have no, to look at sure. the bigger I'm picture. I'm just simply saying that right. there's money behind that, and that's the problem is that they weren't doing things in partnership to look at the bigger picture because that movie flopped. Because how are they going to tie things in together if they're relaunching the DCU? Do these movies matter at all? Are they still partly connected to what the future DCU is? I don't think they do. I uh, to me, if I were DC and I'm James Gunn, I blow it all up. Blow it all up. Don't worry about connecting strands. Forget things you know happened and just start over. So this movie is on an island. I feel bad for Shazam as a franchise. Like the first movie did well, very likable movie. People enjoyed it. It was different. Yeah, but now that all the other projects have gone in such bad directions and in different directions badly. Rip the Band-Aid off and, and start over. I'll counter that, though, Jim, by saying that I'm not, not, I'm not a huge believer in James Gunn necessarily. I'm not a disbeliever. I just don't know what he can bring to the table at this level, at a Kevin Feige-type level. Right. I just don't know. Okay, So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here, and I'm saying that he may have come in at the perfect time and been able to retool a few of these things. On the show earlier... You use the word dead horses. Like they seem to be dead horses. Shazam, Blue Beetle, they seem to be dead horses because they have release dates, but he just came in. So how so they're kind of like, all right, well, they're here and we'll just see what they do. To me, I don't know if they're dead horses because I don't put it past him that he could have retooled it in some way to make it all fit. He came in with enough time that they could have retooled a few things. Made it a multiverse movie or just anything that's a loophole that he can get away with. Okay, now we're starting, but that all still matters. Okay. Because if you're in the Blue Beetle, you're not going to change that movie at all. Like if you're James Gunn, you're not going to change it at all. It truly is Dead Man Walking. That film means absolutely nothing to anybody. It better be great as a standalone film. Black Adam could have been great as a standalone film. We know it wasn't. We've already been over all that. But that's what a standalone film looks like. If you go back to the old school movie making of superhero, that kind of, where nothing really connected, it was just kind of neat to see this or yeah. that. Or whatever. That's, that can work, but it better be great. So there are multiple films, and there's even one filming right now. The Joker is filming now. Is that DCEU, though? That's the thing. See, that's the confusing part. I don't think that part, one is. But that's the confusing part with the DCEU, is what is DCEU and what is not? Because they're DC characters, just like the Batman was the Batman part of the DCU in a different universe. They've they, they've been speculation on that, but no, I feel true answers because they kind of want to leave it open ended to where if they wanted to use Robert Pattinson as Batman, mm-hmm. they could. So they won't give us a true answer. Well, they can't be committal because again, James Gunn just took over. Right, but if that, he but, wants to use it, 
Right, but that's what I'm saying is they didn't have an actual rip the they can't have a rip the bandit off because there's so many things in post production and currently in production instead of taking an actual year off of anything, letting things just release and not do anything, let him reset because you- he's already writing Superman where they're gonna have to recast. He's already writing that. He's already come out with that. Plus, they already canned Batgirl. Yeah, I would love to see uh, another universe where Ezra Miller uh, isn't uh, a guy with a rap sheet. You know, ten feet long, where he's not assaulting people and holding people hostage. I, <laughs> Who's who plays the Flash in this TV show? On on CW? Yeah, I don't know all of that off the top of my head. Okay, all right. Yeah. So my, <laughs> okay, but my point though is like this: like they it, they could get that guy, and well, he's the Flash from now on they, because of how this movie. Will they obviously end. didn't use him though; they didn't feel like he was movie. He was TV. All I'm saying is, dude, when you're de- we just talked about the Rock. I know being bending DC but- over his knee and spanking their ass. <laughs> Okay, this is another example of how they can get out of this situation with Ezra Miller. That's all I'm saying. You've been listening to the meandering rants of the Untitled (laughs) Film Project podcast. All meaningful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It means a lot to us (laughs) and our moms. Uh, I'm Jim Chandler, along with uh, Justin Bradford and Jeremy K. Gover. We want to know what you thought about Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and we also want to know your take on the DCEU. Because I will be the first to admit, I'm not speaking for these guys, I'm just talking for myself, I know very little, as I mentioned, about the DCEU and the plans and all that because I'm just not as invested as I am with Marvel. And so with MCU, I feel like I have a pulse on, okay, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. With DCEU, it's a clean slate. So I want to know what you think about the DCEU. Do you love the DCEU? Do you love the characters? What do you wish they would do with them? You can reach out to us at Untitled Film Project. On social media. I love how he treats me like I'm an idiot. When I, He's the social media guy, so out of necessity, I go to him for the... I know, obviously know what it is. Look, if they don't know how to type in Untitled Film Project into any search bar, that's on them. They must like Cocaine Bear. <laughs> okay. Because you said stupid people like would like Cocaine Bear more. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a great, that's a great reference. Right, that's enough. This show's over. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.